You've probably heard me talk about my dog, Jackson. He's my baby boy. And as he's gotten older, he's gotten really finicky about eating. He used to get so excited about food, he'd literally spin. Well, not anymore. In fact, I often have to spoon feed him to get him to eat. Well, no more. Not since we started feeding him fresh food made with whole ingredients, backed by veterinary science. It's Nom Nom. Now, I actually tried making food for him myself. I'd cook up big batches of chicken or beef with vegetables and rice or potatoes. But without knowing what I was doing, he wasn't getting the vitamins and minerals he needed and certainly not in the correct balance. That's all changed now with Nom Nom. Go to trynom.com, T-R-Y-N-O-M.com slash Nicole. They'll ask you some questions about your pup and tailor a specific amount of individually packaged Nom Nom meals and send them to you. By using my special URL, trynom.com slash Nicole, you'll get 50% off of your first order, plus free shipping, and it's a great way to help support this show too. Again, that's trynom.com slash Nicole. plus Nom Nom comes with a money-back guarantee. If your dog's tail isn't wagging within 30 days, Nom Nom will refund your first order. No fillers, no nonsense, just Nom Nom language viewer discretion is advised okay well that didn't work right uh i guess we have to go with this open today hi everybody oh wait let me get up a minute one second yeah like uh, i listen to nicole sandler uh, is the time for the nicole sandler show yes. come oh on, i forgot to turn the computer on Come on, come on, man. Come on, man. Come on, man. Boot up my computer because mm-hmm. I don't want. Oh crap! I just, <laughs> never mind. Uh, Mercury's okay, in retrograde, you know. Uh, I guess that's it. Uh huh. Got a little tune here, a little song to sing for you. Yeah. All right, do it. Mad Nicole, she does something. She's really there. And does things. Yeah. Things. Uh, Nicole Sandler Show. Yeah. Whatever it is. Whatever it is. Uh, whatever it is. We are here. We are live. It is a Thursday afternoon, a little bit after 5 o'clock on the East Coast, shortly after 2 on the West. And you know, on Thursdays, Howie Klein is usually here. Howie Klein with Tyranny.com, blogger, uh, runs the Blue America Pack, um, huge, you know, music background. And I really... I was looking forward to talking with Howie today, as, as I always do, because I love our conversations about music, and I really wanted to ask him about Jeff Beck, because I'm guessing Howie threw his least one Jeff Beck story, because Howie is a story with every major rock star genius. But we won't find out today, because Howie won't be here. He, I got an email from him a couple of hours ago, and he said, I'm so sorry to do this. I have no power. I have no internet. I can't do the show today. So David says, well, how did, how did he email you? And I'm guessing he used his phone, his cell phone. But if he can't charge it, you know, he's got no power and he's got no internet. It's been raining in California, even though the song says it doesn't. We know that it does um, occasionally rain. And when it does, huh, what's the saying? When it rains, it pours. And this time it does. So, so and when I got his message, I scrambled. I was like, okay, who, who haven't I spoken to in a while who is usually pretty good about, you know, jumping in at the last minute? And I thought, Brian Karam. Brian Karam, you know him. 
uh, because he's been on the show many times. Brian Karam was the last journalist working, standing at Playboy magazine. <laughs> really, he was the last writer still working for Playboy before they folded. And he was the White House correspondent. And as such, he used to get into it with Trump and all the Trumpers. And that's when I became a huge fan of his. Um, Even though, you know, we are ideologically uh, on the same wavelength. um, I just, I loved how he didn't take shit from anybody there. So anyway. Long story short, these days, Brian Karam is writing for Salon.com alongside of our friend Digby. And, uh, you know, I what happened with Howie? He's like, yeah, no problem. I'll be there. You, you want me on camera or phone? And I said, camera would be good. He was like, all right, I'll even get all dolled up for you. So we'll see what that translates to uh, in a, little bit, a little bit later in the hour. Uh, get Katie Porter in the future. You know, David, this is David in the chat room asking, I, I, I have no connection to her. I'm just a fan. Um, I'll keep trying, but I guess now that she's running for Senate, in one way or the other, either she would be more apt to come join us or less. <laughs> so I didn't get it work either way. And I'll put, the, I'll put the call out to her. You know, I'm constantly, because I not only host the show, I produce the show, and of getting great guests to join us, right? Um, and the thing is, I put out more calls for guests, like for interesting people, um, than, than you know, right? And I'll tell you, last night, I don't often watch um, Ari Melber, but he's, he's one of the better ones on MSNBC. And last night, I saw the beginning of his show, and he teased that Cameron Crowe was coming up. And I'm a huge Cameron Crowe fan from Almost Famous to Jerry Maguire to uh, Fast Times at Ridgemont High and on and on and on and on. And I got to meet him once. This is a fun story. I was living in Los Angeles. You know, I was on the radio there working at a very cool radio station that all the cool people listened to because we weren't your typical play the hits and shut up. We played adventurous music. We, we were we were unique then and. You know, that's why it doesn't exist anymore. Anyway, I was going to see Sarah McLaughlin in concert and with a friend of mine who works for her record label, Arista Records. So I met my friend Jason at the Arista building in Beverly Hills. And we're in the parking. Two people walking towards us. And it's some woman who worked at Arista, I later found out, and Cameron Crowe. And they, too, were going to the show so Jason was talking to the woman, the other woman who worked at Arista, and there I am with Cameron Crowe, and I introduced myself. It's like, I'm, I'm such a big fan. It's an honor to meet you. And I said, you know, I'm Nicole. I work at, at FM 101.9. He's like, I'm a big fan of yours. I listen to you every day. I love your station. So we started chatting it up. We were talking about how awkward it is when you go to a concert and they're doing the meet and greet because, you know, when you go, you get the backstage pass and it's either before the show or after the show and you meet the artist. And what do you say? Uh, Hi, I'm a big fan. You know, I always feel so stupid doing that. So we were having that conversation. He's like, I know what it's like because my wife at the time, he was married to Nancy Wilson of heart. And so um, we, we bonded. And of course, years later, when I lost my job because the radio station was sold, I reached out to Cameron. I said, you know, the other thing I'd like always wanted to do was music supervision. 
um, the music supervisor on a movie is the person who, well, it's twofold. It's it, it it places the music in the films. Like, okay, this song would be perfect for this scene. And um, but then the other part of the job that's not as much fun is getting all the clearances and the licensing and all that shit. And I said to him, uh, you know, I, I if you ever you know, your next film, if you need somebody with great musical taste, he goes, that's my favorite part of the job. So obviously it didn't happen. And then I lost touch with him. But there's a story. So last night at dinner, I'm reading Vanity Fair magazine, and there's a whole big piece on Cameron Crowe, who were, he, he fought it for a long time, but somebody approached him to do a musical, like a Broadway musical, out of and they did. And it started in San Diego, which is where he was from and um, where he grew up. And so they did, you know, usually with a show that's going to head to Broadway, they start off, 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 off Broadway. And in this case, at the theater in San Diego. Um, and uh, so I'm reading about it and how this the, the show came to be. And I, it, it sounded great. And I was all excited. And then I see him on Ari Melber's show. So I reached out today. I, I, I sent, I had an old email address for him, which is a name, not his name, just a made up, I don't know, it's a name of a character or something. It's probably no good anymore. But then I, I emailed through the website, you know, as a producer, do these things. So I, I sent out all my feelers. I have no idea if I'll get him or not, but I'm trying because <laughs> I would love, love well to reconnect with him after all these years and to talk to him. And then I find out that the show closed. It did open on Broadway. But, you know, Broadway's having a tough go of it right now, uh, COVID still. And um, it, it, it only lasted a few months, which is a shame because I was hoping it would go on tour. I mean, they wrote original songs. I mean, it sounded great, at least from this Vanity Fair article. So anyway, uh, I, I don't know why I went into that whole long explanation just to tell you that, you know, when I do the show, this is only the one hour that we're on the air each day. It's just part of the job because it entails lots of other stuff, too. For instance, perhaps you've, you know, you get the podcast and if you noticed over the last couple of weeks that it's a little different than it was. Well, we moved, moved hosting companies for uh, the show. So now we're hosted by Zencaster.com. Zencaster. There's no last E on Zencaster. Anyway, Zencaster. Yes, I wish I could have seen David Byrne on Broadway too, Longshot Louis. That, though, you can see on TV. Uh, uh, it's called American something. Uh, I forget what it's called, but David Byrne did a show on Broadway. It was wonderful. American something. Um, it, it'll come to me when I'm not thinking about it. But uh, anyway, it, it made Cameron Crowe made it to Broadway and then it, it closed not too long after that. But okay, so uh, I book the guests. I, I deal with the mech mechanics of the podcast. So we've moved. Things should be working correctly now. But somebody just yesterday emailed me and said, you know, I usually get your podcast from TuneIn. And it's not the last thing that's on there is from December. So obviously, when I moved over to the new host, the RSS feed didn't follow me there. So this is my long way of saying, if you usually get the show in a certain way and it's not working for you, please let me know. 
because, you know, you're my assistants, basically. That's how I know that things aren't working. I need you to tell me. Like someone said, I used to download the podcast right from your website. You know, I post it every day right on the blog. So it'll be NicoleSandler.com slash the date. So for instance, today it'll be dash 12 dash 23. And it used to be that you could easily download it. Well, the way it was at the at the beginning when I moved, there was no way to download it. Well, I fixed that. There's now a big download button. So you right click on it and save as. Um, but, uh, you know, again, it's because somebody told me that it wasn't working. So again, uh, if if you're having difficulty getting the program how you usually do, please tell me so I can fix any problems. But we're getting there. It's all working. Uh, I just sometimes need to take a deep breath. So anyway, um, things are crazy here. Uh, I'm in Florida. I'm looking at the thing. It's 76 degrees, though it's supposed to get very, very cold this weekend. It's not cold yet. It's supposed to get cold this weekend. We'll see. I know in California, I, I mean, I feel terrible for Howie. Being without power and without internet, that's, that's, <laughs> I don't know how our parents did it. They sometimes didn't have power and they never had internet. So there's that. Anyway. Um, all right. So the craziness is going on, right? Um, first of all, Joe Biden. Really? They found more documents, more classified documents, this time in his garage? In his garage? Now, here's the difference, though, between what Donald Trump did and what Joe Biden did. Donald, these are all mine. This is my stuff. It's my my property. I can take it. And plus the thought police. And I just thought it all declassified. So it was declassified. But Joe Biden, he wasn't president and he can't use his magical thoughts to declassify anything. So uh, he went on some rambling thing. I'm not going to. You know what happens when Donald Trump spews. It's all bullshit. It's just all bullshit. Complete bullshit. He just doesn't stop. It's all it's bullshit. But so but you got these Republicans going, see, look, you know, they didn't care when it was Donald Trump who took hundreds of highly classified top secret documents that even maybe had nuclear secrets. Um, that, no big deal. But Joe Biden, at first we, we heard there were the first uh, group, as opposed to hundreds. The minute they found them, alerted the National Archives and sent them over. Right, We got to keep looking to see if there's anything else. And then they found a few more documents somewhere else. This was yesterday and then today I find that there's some in his garage. The difference is Joe Biden, when they find out they're there, they're like, oh, shit, they shouldn't be here. Let's call the authorities. Let's tell them they're here. Let's give them everything out of, you know, an abundance of um, sorry. We got like sun coming in here, I think, an abundance of caution because we want to do the right thing. And so they did. And now the, 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 the Republicans are all freaking out. They're all freaking in his car. There were some in his car. I don't think there were any in his car. They were in the garage. In the garage. And he said, I keep my Corvette in the garage. So, excuse me, today Merrick Garland said, well, you know, 
he appointed this um, uh, uh, a special master, I guess, to look into it, who was a Trump appointed judge. A Trump appointed judge. And now he's put into place a a uh, special prosecutor, a special counsel to, to and I guess, you know what? Good. Do it because the remedy, the investigation, the everything should be the same. If you're alleging similar behavior and believe me, it's not, it's not the same. And I'm going to have the unlikeliest of suspects to explain why it's not the same in just a moment, but it isn't. However, optics, the optics are always there and you have the, 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 the Cretans on the right going, see, he did it. What he did was wrong. What, what Trump did is no problem. But what Biden did was evil because that's how they are. Um, actually, instead of me explaining to you why uh, they're not the same, I'm going to let Carl Rove do it. You know, Bush's brain. Remember Carl Rove? Carl Rove, who, um, you know, he orchestrated the invasion of Iraq. Carl Rove, not a good guy. Yes, a very partisan Republican who doesn't have anything nice to say about a Democrat. Didn't then, doesn't now. But he said this about the two classified document situations. This is, sounds a little similar, Carl. Well, there are differences, but you can't make this stuff up. But there are differences. There are. For example, how many documents? In Biden's case, there appear to be about 10. In the case of President Trump, hundreds. How did they get there? We don't yet know how the documents got to the Biden uh, office connected with his activities on behalf of the University of Pennsylvania. We know that President Trump ordered the removal of the documents to Mar-a-Lago. How responsive were they when the, when, when the Biden people found out about it? They called immediately, called the appropriate authorities and turned them over. We spent a year and a half watching the drama unfold in Mar-a-Lago and yeah, it had to end in a, a police search to recover the documents. But still, despite the differences, this is going to create lots of headaches for the Department of Justice in deciding how to handle President Trump's issues because now they have an issue that, in, at least in the minds of a lot of ordinary Americans, are going to be conflated as being roughly the same. Yeah. That's why I think they're they did not. a smart thing in turning this over to the U.S. attorney in Chicago to look at initially, that because that's the one of the two remaining Trump U.S. Uh, Trump appointed U.S. attorneys. Why did they the, have to the go the to Justice a Trump appointed uh, attorney? In the Delaware, who the Delaware U.S. attorney is looking into Hunter Biden, but uh, this this strikes me as being very problematic for the mm-hmm. for the Biden justice. So this- well, and so um, not only did Merrick Garland hand it over to a Trump appointed uh, attorney. To, to investigate, now he's appointed Robert K. Herr as a special counsel to investigate the handling of classified documents found at a former office and at the Delaware home of President Biden. It's amazing. And who's this Robert Herr guy? Another Trump-appointed person. You know, I can understand that, yes, that, that if it comes up in the general course of things, Things, yeah, that that it's a Trump appointed judge or prosecutor or whatever doing it, but to to make sure that that's who's investigating this is bending over a little far too backwards, don't you think? 
Let me read to you from the Washington Post, because this just just came down. And here's the latest on it. Um, uh, 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 Biden's lawyers have said they quickly turned all the classified documents over to authorities and have cooperated fully with the appropriate government agencies. That alone is a major difference between the way Biden handled this very unfortunate situation and the way Trump did. Trump's was to do what he always does, lie and and claim it's his and blame someone else and still not turn stuff over, do everything he can to keep these documents that belong to the government and keep them from uh, their rightful home at the National Archives. Uh, Trump, in contrast, writes the Washington Post, resisted government entreaties to hand over official documents for months, including after a grand jury subpoena demanded the return of any materials more classified. Elected officials' handling of sensitive government materials has been the subject of fierce political debates since at least 2016, according to this Washington Post article, when Trump made a Justice Department investigation of the use of a private email server by Hillary Clinton, central to his presidential campaign. Yes, yeah, so, you know, it's like it's okay when they do it, but we're not allowed to investigate them. They're all about investigating the Democrats, but we're not we're not allowed to investigate them because when we do it, we're doing something nefarious. Bullshit. Just saying. Um, Washington Post also has a little bit of background here. It says, where were the first and second batches of Biden's classified documents found? The first batch was found on November 2nd, but didn't come to light publicly until this week after the discovery was reported by CBS News. Biden's legal team said a small number of classified documents were discovered when an attorney opened a locked closet, a locked closet, to pick up the contents of an office at the Penn Biden Center for Diplomacy and Global Engagement in Washington that Biden used after he served as vice president in the Obama administration. People familiar with the matter, who, like others, spoke on the condition of anonymity because of an ongoing investigation, told the Washington Post that the discovery involved about 10, 10 classified documents. The White House Counsel's Office notified the agency tasked with handling federal government records and national archives, which took possession of them the following day. Then, a number of additional classified documents were recovered from the garage and an adjacent room of Biden's Wilmington, Delaware house. We learned this from a statement from Biden's attorney. Again, because they voluntarily told us. The statement said that Biden's vacation home in Rehoboth Beach, Rehoboth, Rehoboth, however you said, uh, Delaware was also searched and that no documents were found there. So, uh, and then there's some background on it. Um, Do we know what Biden's classified documents contain? We do not. We don't. Although they, they say it is safe to say that most classified documents deal in some way with material related to foreign countries. All right. Um, he was asked about it, you know, in Mexico. And he said, look, as soon as we found out, we, we turned them over. I don't know how they got there. I don't know. Um, and then, so then it, this article continues. A lot of stuff here. How did Garland decide on a special counsel? Good question. The attorney general tapped the U.S. attorney for Northern District of Illinois, John R. Losh, a Trump appointee, to complete the initial review 
of Biden's handling of the classified documents, another apparent effort to ensure the work was done impartially. I take exception to that because picking a Trump appointee does not ensure that it's going to be done impartially. It ensures that it'll be done by someone who feels some kind of deference to Trump. That does not ensure impartiality. Sorry, doesn't work that way. Then, going back to the article, when speaking to reporters Thursday, Garland said Losh briefed him last week on his findings and told him that a special counsel appointment was warranted. Well, of course he's going to say that. And you know what? I don't argue with it because optics. The two situations are wholly different. However, you know, they're going to draw these false equivalences and go for it. That's fine. You know what? Have a special counsel investigated because we got nothing to hide. They're the ones who had something to hide. We have nothing to hide. But I do worry because, again, let me go back to the article. Her, this special counsel who Biden appointed or, or, or Merrick Garland appointed, is a veteran attorney who began his legal career as a Supreme Court clerk, worked as a federal prosecutor, led a U.S. attorney's office, served as a top Justice Department official and spent time working for some of the most prominent law firms in Washington. He was a longtime federal prosecutor at the U.S. Attorney's Office in Maryland, working as an assistant U.S. attorney there, and then for nearly three years leading that office. A graduate of Harvard and Stanford, Her also worked for the, uh, as a law clerk for then Chief Justice William Rehnquist. Now, what this doesn't say, and I'm trying to scroll ahead and... Um, scan this but i did read that this man her was also appointed by trump which again if that's the reason merrick garland chose him that's not good enough that doesn't work it's not okay so i don't know i but but again i think there should be a special counsel and i think they should investigate what the hell's going on because again i don't think joe biden did it Consciously, I think stupidly might be the word, uh, um, carelessly, perhaps, because you don't remove classified documents. And if you do, you bring them back. Right. Come on, man. Come on, man. God. So anyway, we'll see what happens there. Um, uh, you know, it, it's it's only fair. All right. Before we get to our guest, I, I told you things are changing this year. I actually have a sponsor for the show. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna dump out right now and go to um, Progressive Voices commercials because I do see Brian is here. But but I'm just gonna introduce you to our sponsor. I've got this handy dandy little thermos like case here, and inside the case is a portable blender. And I purposely didn't put anything in it but ice and water, so I can show you how it works. And honestly, this just showed up in the mail today, so I haven't even tried it yet. So we're going to do it together because this should be fun. Uh, this is the BlendJet 2. And, and the way this works is you can order one if you go to BlendJet, BlendJet, just how it sounds, dot com. And in the, in the coupon area, put in Nicole sent me 12. You get 12% off and free two-day shipping. Okay, so now I'm going to put this little packet, a smoothie. It's, it, you can make your own. You can put whatever you want in here. But they also have these little jet packs. So this is... The Mocha Chia, 
It's all natural. It's vegan. And it's all healthy. This is 150 calories. I'm pouring it in the thing. You know, this could be very dangerous, again, because I didn't try it. And I'm spilling. I'm being sloppy here. I I didn't try it before I'm I'm showing it to you on the air. So it's probably not the best way to do an ad for a new product. But what the hell? You know, we're honest here. Okay, so it's all done. I have to unlock it. So I unlock it, let it go. One, two, three. Okay, now it's unlocked. And now I blend it. You ready? They say it's quiet. We'll see. Am I not, uh, I may not, oh, I may not be lined up correctly. See, this is why I guess you don't do it when, uh, all right, I'm not, li- my, my, my um, thing is not lined up correctly. I know that that sounds kind of um, dirty, doesn't it? My thing is not lined up correctly. Hold, I need, I need a better light. Uh, I got a light here. Hold on. All right, so I got to line up the arrows. There it is. Okay, now it's lined up. Let's try it again. All right, not too loud. You can hear the ice blending, I think. I put a lot of ice in here. I don't know if I put too much. They said you can turn it upside down. It's, it's blending. <laughs> and apparently it goes off when it's done. Come on. Uh, doesn't sound like it's done. I'm going to blend it one more time because I put a lot of ice in here, more than I should have. And now it's, now it's red again. Oh, because it's still not locked. It's not in the right position. I I probably should have done this first (laughs) before I did it live on the air. But okay, so I I did it a few times. I think now I can open it and try the the, uh, drink. I'm excited because, you know, it's like a chocolate. Oh, I put weight. That's what I did. I put way too much ice in here because it's almost solid. But it's good. I'm going to let it melt a little bit because I really think I put too much ice in. Next time I'll follow the instructions exactly. We'll go back and try it again later. But anyway, go to blendjet.com and grab yours today and be sure to put the promo code sent by Nicole 12 and get 12% off your order and free two-day shipping. Okay, there's my commercial for today. All right, now, um, because we can... I'm thrilled to welcome Brian Karam back to the show. Brian Karam, I, I told you all about him earlier. Ah, and he's he's even got a um, he's got a, uh, a a cigar. Hold on, I'm trying to. I got all kinds of shit up here on my on my on my. Pay. All right, I'm just going to do this. Uh, you know, <laughs> I'm so discombobulated. Uh, hey, Brian Karam, how you doing? Hello, Nicole Sandler. Uh, you, did you get your thing lined up? I, I didn't get my thing lined up correctly. You know, I try, but um, it, it, it's now. difficult it's sometimes. A tough room. <laughs> <laughs> it is. So nice cigar there you got. Sometimes Thank a you. cigar is just a cigar. So before we get into any politics things, I know you are a music fan. I know you play in a band, right? You play guitar? Yes, ma'am. Jeff Beck. Uh, well, the third album, the first two albums I bought in my life were um, Magical Mystery Tour and the White Album. And uh-huh. the third album I bought was Jeff Beck, Blow by Blow. Blow by Blow. Blow by Blow is such a perfect album. And I, I said this yesterday. The news broke while I was on the air, and I, I was kind of devastated. Um, I was never much of an instrumental music fan because I like lyrics. I like songs. Jeff Beck's Blow by Blow. His his 
guitar playing <laughs> his guitar playing were the lyrics i can sing yeah. note by note freeway jam constipated duck because we ended as lovers i just like I mean, the title of that i know one. that's just great who, who, who doesn't love a song like that but it's very sad and here's the thing you know what we're getting older and we are gonna have this happen more and more he was 78 years old I'm are, still 19. I don't know about you. Are you? Okay. Well, it, <laughs> mentally, I think I am, but unfortunately, well, I've been physically, of being mentally much worse. So, <laughs> yeah, physically, I, I'm not. No, sadly, <laughs> aging sucks. I'll tell you. Once I once I turned 55, everything started breaking. So, just ah, to be youthful again. I know. Well, we live vicariously through them, but you know what? Honestly, if this is the way the world is going to keep going, I'm good with, you know, another few years and then <laughs> and then exiting stage left, you know, because I, I, frankly, if we had to live through another, you know, Trump presidency through another. You won't. Uh, but or but something similar. You know, I'm in Florida and you I'm will. dealing with uh, Ron DeSantis. That, you won't. <laughs> the, the way that he is being lionized by the right is really sickening because the guy is there's something really wrong with him like mentally wrong with there's something really wrong with the republican party 11 of the 17 committee chairs are uh are are insurrectionists so that gives you an idea where the republican party is it has no heart but of course what we've seen today is that the democrats have no head (laughs) so we have two parties in this country one is heartless one is headless um I feel like the Wizard of Oz needs to come in and give a heart and a brain and uh, some courage, yeah. courage, because uh, I, I don't see anybody courage. courage. Yes. <laughs> so, you know, before you came on, before I did my little commercial, um, I was talking about the 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 documents. What the fuck? What? what you know, come on, Joe. Come on. Man. What? What's go- <laughs> what? What? Come what? on, Joe. Come on, well, man. Look. I don't know what happened there, but I'm glad there's a special counsel and I'm glad it's going to be investigated. I suspect there's nothing nefarious, but, you know, maybe there is. Nonetheless, it should be investigated as much as Trump should be investigated. I love Jimbo Jordan, that moron (laughs) who came out and tweeted today, who is the special DOJ investigator? I'm going, you know, you're literally too stupid to insult because Garland took it and ran with it and got it going. So. Mazel tov to him. And and I, I think that's the best thing for the country. Do I think there's anything nefarious? Like I said, no. But mm-hmm. nonetheless, the, the White House, once again today in the press briefing, did a horrible job of, of answering the questions about this, what they need to do. And the only question that really matters is how is this different than Donald Trump? Why is this different? What is different? Give me your reasons for that. I want to hear that. And uh, we we, you know, saying we're transparent and we found them good for you, you know, you know, goody for you. But again, explain to the American electorate because they're the people who are going to cast their ballots and they need to know what this really is probably for, for a uh, Biden is a, it's just going to be a political quagmire. It's going to yep. allow Donald Trump to get off for what, you know, you can't, well, you're going to prosecute everybody. Don't prosecute Donald. He didn't do anything. Anybody else didn't do. So we're going to hear that. And then it's going to be fuel for the fire for those who want to investigate Biden and impeach him. Yep. So this is just a great way to start out 2023. It's been 
one disaster after another since the beginning of the year, and today's no different. No different whatsoever. And this is, yeah. you know, I'm not a sports That's person. That's why I've got the cigar, Nicole. I, I see. I figure I'm going to sit back and relax <laughs> and enjoy the ride. That's good. Well, I'm going to I'm going to light up something else when the show is over. I can't do it till the show's over because my brain and my this mouth was tobacco. I didn't. I, but but my brain and my mouth don't work together very well uh, enough to you know, conduct an intelligible <laughs> conversation. So I, I wait until after the show. And believe me, you. I'm ready. So some of us start drinking when we get up in the morning. You know, it's five <laughs> o'clock somewhere. Yeah. You know, look, it's my, the one bit of responsibility I have left. So I wait. <laughs> and believe me, the minute the show ends, I, you know, never mind. Enough. Uh, WTMI. Anyway, so the, 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 this, I mean, this thing is infuriating. When I first heard there were the 10 documents, I thought, oh, Joe, come on. Uh-huh. Come on, man. And then we hear then more were found yesterday. And now today there's more in his garage. What the fuck? I mean, right this next is, to his Corvette. Right next to his Corvette. <laughs> and as I, I was saying, I'm not a sports person, a sports fan, but I, this is what they call an unforced error. Uh, yeah, <laughs> no kidding. But that's look, the, the Democrats are, are king of unforced errors and yeah. the Republicans are king of making hay out of, <laughs> out of those unforced errors. errors. It's the old adage. The Democrats are great at snatching defeat from the jaws of victory. You know, yes, indeed. This should have been a no brainer. Donald Trump took hundreds of the highly classified documents and said, they're mine. It's my property. It's my stuff. I'm going to show people whenever I want. Well, and he also lied about having them. And lied about uh, having them. So and- it, the difference so far is that, look, nobody was pressing and asking for these documents from the DOJ. Hell, it looks like nobody knew he had them, including him. I know. So, right. So that's, there's a difference, but. Nonetheless, they're in his possession. They need to be turned over. They were, and we'll see where it leads. Yeah. Well, we will, because now there's a special counsel. But I wonder how this will affect everything else, because you know the way they twist things over there. It's all going to, you know, they will lie, cheat, and steal their way through it to say, oh, they did exactly what he did. Well, no. And I just played Carl Rove, of all people, saying they're not the same. They're not the same. It's not the same, but, and and we didn't really do a real, this is where I get upset and angry with the press, especially in the White House press corps. I wasn't able to be there today. I'm trying to take care of something with my son. So I wasn't in a press briefing room today, but the questions that we asked certainly indicate that we do not grasp, nor can we frame this issue very well. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's worthy of investigation. It's necessary, but at the same time, let us explain and let us, for the American public, find out and get to the bottom what's different between this and the willful destruction of property and the willful uh, keeping of the property and the lying to the DOJ saying, look, we searched high and low. We don't have any more. All of it's BS. Uh-huh. So, you know, that's that's the Donald's method of operation. It, it, you know, that's his modus operandi. But what you have with uh, Joe Biden is, uh, I had no idea. <laughs> That's it. And, and, and then he tries to make a joke out of it. And, you know, sorry, he just no not. No one's laughing at no, this. No, because it, it's not funny. This this is a fuck up that didn't need to be there. It was just. Of biblical proportions, my dear lady. <laughs> right. But but wait, there's more. Um, 
It, you it dices, know, it slices, it makes julienne fries, whatever in the hell they are. Well, <laughs> hey, you're t- my, my blender, it does. It does all those things. Oh, now it's going good because yeah, I, let the, go. I let the ice melt a little well, you bit. You lined your thing up just I right. I lined there, it Nicole. up right. My buttons are lined up. It's blending, and I'm now I'm going to drink it. once. punching your buttons. <laughs> oh, baby. Um, but, but I'll tell you what, what else pisses me off. I was scre- all during the campaign. You know how our friends on the right lie they lie about everything well the big lie now and, and the thing is they're so stupid you know they should have learned a let you would think they'd learn a lesson from the results that they didn't have their red wave that it was a red trickle or whatever the hell it was that they're 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 a monthly flow <laughs> yes there you go that's perfect that's exactly what it is and it's 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 oh never mind i'm getting gross the, yeah that's... The, i was gonna go somewhere but yeah i, I won't but they, the whole time, were screaming about these partial birth abortions. That is not a thing. It's just not a thing. And in the state of Minnesota, now they have a bill uh, before the state legislature about outlawing killing babies if they're born alive during an abortion. And... You know, they had hearings in Congress on it, and still note the Democrats just didn't look at them and say, it's not a thing. You're making this up. That doesn't happen. Well, today, Dr. Alice Mann, who happens to be a state senator from Minnesota, she finally said it. The Born Alive Abortion Survivors Protection Act makes it a crime for doctors to murder babies that are born alive during an abortion, which if it were something that happened, would be very much already covered under existing laws. Against, oh, this is Alex Wagner you know, doing murder. the intro. Okay. But it's a moot point because only in the dark imaginations of Republicans is this something that abortion providers would ever actually do. Do not take it from me. Take it from a doctor, Alice Mann, a Democratic state senator in Minnesota where state Republicans are pushing born alive legislation. This is a perfect example of why politicians should not be making medical decisions is because we are literally making stuff up, making shit up, writing laws about it at this exact moment. Um, A child does not come out part way alive and then doctors kill it. That's not a thing. That's not a thing today. It's not a thing tomorrow. It's not a thing 10 years ago. It's not a thing. It's not a so thing. So for us to legislate things that don't exist in real life, again, perfect example of why politicians should not practice health care. Hello. But they do. But they do. And they insist on doing it. Sorry, if I want health advice, I go to a doctor. I'm certainly not going to go to Kevin McCarthy. Or Marjorie Taylor Greene or or Lauren Boebert. Any of them. Any of them. It's just, and yet (laughs) this is something they passed. So Nancy Mace, this one of these, was screaming on TV, I guess, two days ago, that that the Republicans need to stop with this abortion stuff. It obviously didn't work out for them during the election. And yet they're going back to it. Then what does she do? She goes ahead and votes for this stupid bill. Well, it's nuts because... Look, I one time covered the state of Kentucky legislature, and there was a guy who introduced a bill that had to do with all things the Titanic. And he wanted to pass a law that if there was anything recovered from the Titanic, it couldn't be kept privately. It could be or couldn't be? Couldn't be. Okay. Which is 
Well, first of all, the Titanic hadn't even been discovered right. at that time. <laughs> Secondly, if someone is going to recover the, 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 from the Titanic, anything, chances are that they'd be from Frankfort, Kentucky or slim or none. And thirdly, he was just, a, I mean, it was just absolute asinine and it, he got bounced out of the house. Today, I have a feeling it would pass with flying colors. Right. That's how stupid we'd become. And and there's going to be no consensus for the next two years. Now, the, 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 the only saving grace, the only thing I could say, well, at least there's that, is that these people can pass whatever they want in this house. It's going to go nowhere in the Senate and certainly won't get to the president's desk for a signature. But it's going to be two wasted years where nothing gets done. And they're well, going to try to obstruct every single thing that the Democrats I, have done. I think the next two years, look, I wrote today, I said, it isn't just that Republicans don't understand how Congress works, particularly its members in the House, but also they simply don't care. They're blinded by their own zeal and sense of self-worth. And those who know the least are in a position to cause irreparable harm to those who would suffer the most, i.e. the rest of us. Hmm. This is all about uh, power. It's a power play. It's control. And of course, we're not going to see anything for the next you know, two years in Congress, we're going to see endless hearings about Hunter Biden's laptop. We'll probably hear about, uh, you know, uh, now they've, you know, Biden's given them fuel for the fire with classified material. We'll probably hear, there'll be a Benghazi hearing on that. There's going to be subpoenas, there's going to be hearings, and there's going to be nothing done. And the Republicans risk defaulting on a government uh, debt. They risk uh, with no omnibus bill, with, you know, no spending bills, uh, defaulting on that and shutting down government, it's going to be a fiasco. The next two years will be, well, what we've seen in the first two weeks of this year so right. far. <laughs> right. So, um, you know, there you are, Brian Karam, these days writing for Salon.com, but you're still you go and today is the exception, but you're still in that White House briefing room. Um, um, yes, and I've lost a lot of hair and mind doing it. <laughs> has how is the Biden press office to deal with it compared to horrible. the Trump press office? Horrible. The well, horrible in a different way. The um the the as we all know, Trump's modus operandi was just to bully you into submission if he could. Um, Biden's uh, method of operating is to ignore and uh, uh, avoid. He has very young people in his press office. We have young reporters covering him, and he doesn't interact much with the press at all. Uh, so he'll, you know, while he says he supports free speech, uh, there isn't a lot of it coming out of the White House. So, you know, I think the president should stand before the public and answer questions from the press on a regular basis. He's had um, two full press conferences in two years uh-huh. at the White House. One was during COVID, so there were only a half a dozen or, you know, two dozen reporters available to be there. The last one he had, he only took 10 questions, and they were p- handpicked beforehand. Uh-huh. <laughs> I got one in simply because I'm in, you know, I I, I, I use my Sam Donaldson voice and, <laughs> uh, you know, get my questions in, whether he likes them or not. And, you know, he, he pulls out a list and says, well, you know, I've got these 10 reporters, right. and uh, these are the ones I have to go to. And I looked at him, and I said, Mr. President, you can put that list down and you know it. And I uh-huh. pointed at him and, and smiled and and then he looked back at me and smiled and he took one of my questions. I forget what it was, but it was a brief, you know, 
ants or, you know, two or three words. Mm-hmm. I don't care. But the bottom line is he should stand in there and take more questions. It would, it would, it's to me, it, whenever I give advice about this, I tell every administration that I've ever covered, it's a lot like letting the kettle loose off of a boiling pot. You let you, you decrease the pressure in the room. So you need to have it more often. And if you don't, it will boil over. And eventually, like, since he doesn't talk that much today, it was a total, it was total chaos in the briefing room because, you know, they have played access. The journalists have played access for so long. They're younger. They've played along. They've had this administration has had a very happy and lengthy honeymoon with the press. And now it's coming back to bite them in the butt. And if they were open, a little more open, uh, uh, more often, you wouldn't see that type of pressure build. Right, right. No, you're you're absolutely right. Um, they 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 back themselves into these corners, and it's just wrong. Now, I, I got to ask you about this because we we're talking about you were talking about how the media is not doing their job. Well, we suck, George Santos. Where was the did nobody vet this man? Did nobody check his story? Do any the research? Democrats have a lot to answer to for that. If I was running against him, I'd be out there every day. I would have an oppo research and going, this idiot, this moron, this is the guy you want. I would do that every day. Mm-hmm. But there was a a paper that broke one story on him and broke the story. Did we hear about it? No, that's our fault. You don't just break a story once and hope that everybody else picks up on the story. If I break a story, I'm going to break it on Monday. I'm going to break some more on Tuesday, some more on Wednesday. I'm going to expand the uh, investigation, and I'm going to call the AP, and I'm going to call the larger papers and go, look, we broke this story. You need to cover it. Who broke the story? Who broke the story? I can't remember. It was a small paper, what, in Long Island that did it? Okay, but so here's the thing. When Trump, when the, when the, when the FBI, quote, raided Mar-a-Lago, you know how we found out about it? This Peter Shorsha guy who was a, writes the blog Florida Politics, he broke it and, and everybody ran with it. I'm guessing he told a few people, you know, how does that well, take off? But this he doesn't. He told everybody. Right. That the the newspaper did not promote itself. Wow. Yeah, that's that's it. I guess it's yeah. it, but it's an indictment of the press. Um, yes, it, it is. And it's just it's it's really sad. I, I, I came across something. Um, I, I wonder how long this is. It can't be very long. I want to play a video for you because sure. it blew my mind. It's just two minutes. This is something that aired in 1998. It aired on Saturday Night Live. Apparently, it aired one time, and then it disappeared forever. It got pulled. Somehow, somebody put it up on YouTube. It's called Mediaopoly. Have you heard of this? No. Wait till you see this. This is, you know, it's, it. well, I'm not even going to describe it. I'm just going to play it for you. Again, aired once and then disappeared, and you'll understand why. Now, remember, Saturday Night Live is on NBC which was at the time owned by GE. Now it's owned by Comcast. Um, and uh, this, they, they aired, I, I'm blown away that they aired this. Again, it was, what did I say, 1998. All right, so here's, here's the video. It's a mediaopoly, a mediaopoly. Controlled by a few corporations, thanks to deregulation by the FCC. Give me a kiss, 
Fox, Westinghouse, and good old GE. They own networks from CBS to CNBC. They can use them to say whatever they please and put down the opinions of anyone who disagrees. Or stuff about PCBs. What are PCBs? They come from electric power plants built by Westinghouse and GE. They can give you lots of cancer that can hurt your body. But on network TV, you rarely hear anything bad about the nuclear industry. Like when Westinghouse was sued for fraud. Which time? made defective bolts, it was an unreported crime. Or when it was boycotted for operating nuclear bomb plants just to squeeze a dime. That's a footnote, by the way. A footnote protects you from folks who doubt what you say. Now maybe the voices in my head will go away. But the big shots don't care. They're all sitting pretty thanks to corporate welfare. What's that now? They get billions in subsidies from the government. It's supposed to Bullets that shot JFK. You contribute to this chain every time you buy a product sponsored on this show. That's what NBC doesn't want you to know. <laughs> so the next time. <laughs> I, I, what? It's like, boy, somebody had giant balls. Robert Smith. I've seen that before, actually. Have yeah. <laughs> amazing. Yeah. Amazing. I, I'm wondering how many heads rolled. And again, apparently it never aired again. But I don't yeah. think anybody's got balls that big anymore to do something like that. Well, read the book. It's called Free the Press. <laughs> <laughs> we did. Yes. Free the- Brian Karam. And I touched on that. There are six companies that own 95% of what you see, read, or hear. And that's certainly mm-hmm. the problem, which is why we have the morons that we have in the press corps in the White House, because they are part and parcel part of the problem. Yeah. And you know what? Talk about the media. This this was an indictment of GE by the uh, one of its divisions, which is what blew my mind. Uh, because you don't you don't see that now you don't no. see anybody uh, literally biting the hand that feeds them, so that's why that that you know that was great. Um, but some of this shit needs to be said. Have you watched CNN lately? Yes. <laughs> and and what do you think? I, I guess they're revamping their whole daytime lineup. Not that I would notice, because frankly, uh, since they dealt more with this uh, Joe Biden document story. Than even Fox, it's like, is this pandering just to the lowest common denominator? Because because well, Chris of Licht knows the lowest common. That's what all media does because that's capitalism, and yeah. as long as as long as capitalism and journalism are tied together, that's what you're going to get. Is it any worse than anywhere else? No, it's the same everywhere. And the problem is that you don't have people with the gravitas that we once had in this business running the business or acting as reporters in this business. I still have some hope for CNN because 
Uh, Jim is still there at Costa, and they've expanded his role, so that makes me hopeful that maybe they're trying to do the right thing. I, I, I think the jury's still out on where they go and what they do. Um, but we'll have to see. It's um, The big problem in media today simply is that you have, with so few companies, there is so little diversity. And I'm not talking about diversity of skin color or religion. I'm talking about, yes, that and more. Diversity of thought, diversity of experience, diversity of, uh, in, you know, experience in the real world. Most reporters, and this is, Nicole, this is what just just rankles me, is that most reporters covering the White House go straight out of college to the White House. Mm-hmm. They don't know what they're covering. They've never covered a, a, a high school football game or a, or a, you know, a city council meeting or a PTA meeting. They, they don't understand the repercussions of the things that they cover because they don't have the life experience to do it. When I first walked into that briefing room many years ago, it was Sam Donaldson who told me, Brian, look at that first row of seats in the Brady briefing room. There's 200 years or maybe 250 years of experience among those seven people. Listen and learn from all of them. Today, there might be 15 minutes worth of experience on that first row. It's really pathetic. Some of the questions that are asked and some of the things that are done in the name of journalism. Oh, it's crazy. And and I got it. You know, I, 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 I watched MSNBC the other day. Usually it, it, it's noon. I won't go anywhere near there because Andrea Mitchell just she just, you know, she had a very long storied career. Why? Why did people insist on staying past it's going to sound so bad. The expiration date. She really shouldn't be there anymore. Well, I had problems. Who was she married to? Do you remember? I do. It's Alan to? Greenspan. Yeah. And so I have a problem with a so conflict do I. of interest there. You and me so both. Even when she was in her prime, yeah. I, wasn't, I, I wasn't a fan of that. No. And look, and I say that going, you know, if my wife were, you know, Alan Greenspan, well, if my wife were Alan Greenspan, things would be entirely different. <laughs> But, you know, that's the Washington power couple. I get it. I I don't. But how do you cover? It's very difficult to be uh, separate your private and your personal life in that regard. But to Andrea Mitchell's credit, she has a great deal of experience and that we need more of that experience. I I agree. At at the same time, we also need at some point in time to go, okay, I'm past my expiration date. Time to go home. Please. And, and it's so, but that's up to each individual to make. It or is. That decision to make. Or listen, it's an audience's decision as well. If she's that's not, true. If she's not getting the, the audience, she won't be there. But there are people who respect her and still want to listen to her and watch her, and she's going to be there. Okay, I'm so going to play something. I, I'm the one to judge on that. I, I guess. I, I, you know, I just have a big mouth, and I can't shut it. But, but I want to play something that happened today because I watched it, and my jaw dropped. So, okay. okay, so she goes to Garrett Hake, a, a correspondent, NBC News correspondent, and this is what happened. Hake, Garrett, Speaker Kevin McCarthy held a press conference this morning. I want to talk to you about that, but also point out we had Nancy Mace, of course, the Republican from South Carolina, on yesterday, and she spoke very, you know, passionately about why she thought it was this is the, the abortion bill they're talking for about her caucus to be pursuing this abortion uh, abortion legislation and why it was unfair to women, especially women who've been subjected to uh, rape or incest or, you know, other forms of sexual violence. And she ended up voting for the abortion measures. Explain that. 
Well, she told reporters after the fact that at the end of the day, she was, as she described herself, pro-life and that she felt that it was important uh, to vote for these measures despite their uh, potentially politically damaging or politically unappealing um, appearance, if you will, for uh, Garrett, future, let me just, future voters. Let me just here. interrupt and say that pro-life is a term that they may, that an entire group uh, wants to use, but that is uh, not an accurate description. I'm using it because that's the term she used to describe herself, I understand. Andrea. I understand. And? Anyway, uh, uh, that was her explanation. Whoa. Uh, um, awkward let's much? Let's talk about Congressman uh, wow. Santos now. She shut him down in the middle of his report for something that he said 30 seconds earlier using her. Uh, look, I don't like the term pro-life either, but... And that was, did he just say, going to like let her hang herself out there to dry because of the asinine way she interrupted him? If that's the worst you'll ever see from an anchor interrupting a reporter, <laughs> you are living in heaven, baby. I, I guess. I've had the dumbest <clears throat> freaking questions asked to me live on, I one time, I one time while covering Waco had an anchor ask me covering the Waco tragedy, and this was a BBC, no, it was a, uh, I think it was BBC or, or uh, uh, whatever. It was a uh, British news anchor, got me on the air and said, Brian, uh, we hear that these, that you have a lot of cults in the United States. <laughs> Are they all as heavily armed as this one? Oh my God. And I, I looked at him, I looked dead in the camera and I said, well, I don't know, but I certainly hope not. I mean, how the <laughs> hell am I supposed to know? I Some of the dumbest, it, that's it's awkward just... exchanges between anchors and reporters are quite common. One of the big problems is that uh, reporters will um, craft the question that the anchor will should ask. But many times the anchor, if they feel they're on top of it, will decide that that's not the right question to ask. And they'll stymie the reporter by asking the reporter something the reporter's not, is not prepared to, to answer. answer. And so that was, I, I chalked that up to, I, I, I mean, I've seen far worse. I've been a part of far worse, but I could, I felt at the beginning his, uh, he, he was a, a little bit uh, queasy about the exchange because he just, he's the look on his face as she went on was, he, he was like, Oh God, is this ever, or is she going to get to the question? Right. But um, that's, that's a typical anchor reporter exchange. Honestly. That was just painful. And I'm, I was wondering when he just let it hang there, is that him saying, why did you interrupt me for that? I know that. That's that him. Pro going, life. I have no fucking idea what to say. <laughs> I'm going to keep my mouth shut wow. so I don't get in trouble. A and B, I don't want to start a fight with Andrea Mitchell. Right. Let's- no, I get that. It's just, you know, it, 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 and that's I know it's a tiny little thing, but it's every time I watch her, it's something like that. It's like just bring in somebody, you know, it's so funny because yes, we do want people who have knowledge, who are experienced, who've lived a little bit, but there's got to be a happy medium between, you know, the, I take the, it, Nicole, you're not an Andrea Mitchell fan. I'm not an Andrea <laughs> Mitchell fan. And I, I, I post, I tweeted something last week after a similar thing. I don't remember what it was. She said, but I tweeted at to an MSNBC. Will you please encourage her gracefully to retire, to go home, because enough already. I, 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 I. Well, remember they said the same thing about Helen, and she didn't. Helen Thomas waited and then didn't retire and stayed around. Part of it is, 
with that experience and the knowledge, you know that even on your worst day, you're going to be better than some of the younger ones who who won't be half as good as you on their best. That's true. So th- that that's is true. why you stick around. But go into an emeritus kind of position, help them, you know, mentor them, but get off the air. Because look, the day that I, uh, well, I shouldn't speak because I stumble over my words all the time, but the day that I sound senile, Please, somebody tell me. Like, well, I've been accused home. of that when I was in, when I was twenty five. So, <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. I'm not but, listening to that. You know, look, I, <laughs> I'm I've telling been, you, it's a tough room. You know, I, I, and I can call myself an ageist, except I don't like Bernie Sanders. I think can speak contemporaneously and not have a problem, uh, but others, his same age, Donald Trump, cannot. So, you know, it's well, not about age; it's Donald about each Trump's individual. Problems person. are quite. Uh, 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 a different matter. <laughs> many. many we we can spend hours on the problems of Donald Trump. That's, if, if it were just his speech that we were worried about, <laughs> we, we'd be in a much better position than we are today. Oh, that is true. Okay. One last thing, since we're already in overtime and I've already, you know, I've already, uh, 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 stuck my foot in my mouth way too many times today. Um, and, and, and so I applauded earlier in the week, Katie Porter coming out and announcing she's running for Senate, even though Diane Feinstein hasn't yet announced her retirement. She's another one. She's 89 fucking years old. She needs to go home. And she said, well, we don't know if she's going to run again. She well, should not run again. Wait a minute, wait a minute. She's eighty nine fucking years old. She's eighty nine <laughs> years old. God damn it! She, 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 was, the way you said it, it was like, well, at least she's getting some. <laughs> I don't think she's getting some anymore. I do not. Yeah. She might. I don't know. And more power to her if she is. But well, come on. the actuary tables are not in her favor. Let's no. put it that way. Yeah, Diane Feinstein at eighty nine should probably think of retiring, but. I, I'm glad I, I like Katie Porter. I think she'd be a, a, a great person in that seat. Maybe that'll too. help Diane Feinstein make a decision. I hope so too. Nancy but did- Pelosi did the right thing. She stepped away. Hakeem Jeffries, by the way, delivered a wonderful speech. Yes, he did. That night. Yes, he did. And then Kevin McCarthy came in and told us that he watched Lincoln heal the youth. And I'm going, did you have a time machine? Did you, <laughs> are you a vampire? How did you watch this, Kevin? And then he said, together we can get, we can accomplish nothing. And I'm going, well, that's the most honest thing he said all day. But the, the bad part of his speech, and maybe he should retire, is when he quoted that horrible song, on the streets of Bakersfield, if you've ever heard it, it's the it's it's almost like a polka. It's the whitest song on the planet. It's like <laughs> it's like cardboard met vanilla ice cream. It's horrible. I, and I so, missed that part. Oh, thank God you did. Uh, but <laughs> lucky you, unfortunately. I, I tried hanging it. for Kevin's speech. I couldn't do it. I just I just couldn't do it. It was tough to listen to. And, you know, I, you get the idea of where the, the, the Republican Party stands for nothing and they got nowhere to go. Right. And they got <laughs> nothing. The only fuel that the Republicans have are those that's given to them by the Democrats. So that's that's it. And. You know, so age sometimes has little to do with it. It's if you're an empty vessel to begin with. As you age, you become a decrepit empty vessel. Right. But nonetheless, you're still pretty damn empty. Well, that's true. And and sometimes, look, we respect people. I Look, Barbara Lee, I have nothing but respect for this woman, except I don't like what she did this week. After Katie Porter announced she was running, she 
threw so much shade at her. So like, now is not really the time to talk about that. Well, I told the CDC, the, 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 C, the Congressional Black Caucus, that uh, when the time comes, I will likely run for that seat. But now is not the time. Well, you know what? I think now is actually the time. But aside from that, I love Barbara Lee, but she's 76 years old. Is that when you mount your first run for the U.S. Senate? It's the use of the word mount that I'm bringing in the question, but, <laughs> but you know, you, 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 you've touched all the buttons and now I you're know. mounting them. I know. That's, but, I know. Uh, I know. It, it's 76. That's a good question. I mean, you know, remember when Ronald Reagan was elected at 68 or 69, he was considered too old for the presidency. That's right. <sighs> oh, yeah. those were the days. Yeah. Um, but here we are again. It would be nice if, um, someone of sounder mind and body were in Congress, but it's hard today to find candidates who want to run for office that aren't completely morally bankrupt. Yeah. Because you almost have to be to, to run. And so younger people are not quite as morally bankrupt as older people who are facing their death and don't care. So <laughs> they'll sell their soul for maybe another year or two on the planet if they can. I don't know. I can't answer that question. But uh, what I can say is that at 76, making your first run for, for Senate is probably not a wise decision. Right. I just, but all of this said and done, I'd rather have any of those people than Mitch McConnell. Oh, no question. <laughs> that's, yeah. You know, and that's always what, when I criticize someone on the left, but people go, well, what do you want, Donald Trump? No, that's no, not what I I'm saying, but I want, the, I want the Democrats to do better. We can do better. Well, but- no matter how low the Republicans go, it will be the Democrats who will crawl over their back just a little bit higher. I wish both parties would aim just a wee bit higher. There's There's much more yeah. higher ground to take than just crawling over someone's back so you're <laughs> you're not on the floor. Yeah, I know. And unfortunately, they're all on the floor. That's that seems to be how this Well, like I said, we have a party, operates. two parties in this country, one has no heart, one has no head. <laughs> and on that note, that that's that that's got to be the way to go. Uh Brian Karam, read his book, listen to his podcast, just ask the questions, right? Yes, ma'am. Just ask the question.com. The book is free the press, free the press, uh, free the press. And we're, we'll be out promoting that. I have a speech in California in a couple of weeks to broadcasters and publishers out there. (laughs) That may be the first of many or the first of one. (laughs) (laughs) Well, good for you. I hopefully it'll stop raining before you get there. Well, yeah, me too. <laughs> wow. Uh, Brian Karam, it's always a pleasure. Thank you for you being too, here. I, I always uh, appreciate your input. And I, I, you know, I tend to say too much when you're here because I, I feel comfortable. Oh, and, you do not. I, you're you're beautiful. You're fine. Are, I love it. Well, it's honesty. I mean, that's that. Love. There you go. I may I, say stupid hey, things, I, but I at least I'm being honest. this conversation. That's the best way to have it. You and me both. All right. Take care. We'll talk soon. Thank you again. Okay. Brian Karam, and find him on the Twitters and, and, and at salon.com. Thanks, Brian. Uh, and with that, we are done. Uh, I'm sorry. This has been what a day. I, I really think it's, um, you know, Mercury retrograde. Everything that could go wrong um, has been going wrong this week. And that's, that's what I've been told. I miss Morning Sedition, too. Karina in the chat room just said, I miss Morning Sedition. I don't know what brought that on, but that was a great radio show. It was Mark Marin and Mark Riley. It was great despite Mark Riley. 
I, I really need to shut up because I'm saying things I shouldn't be saying. So I'm going to go now. Uh, I'll see you tomorrow. I think tomorrow we have Rebecca Jones. Um, so, yeah, hopefully. Oh, oops. And there's David calling me. All right. I'll leave you with the news. See you tomorrow. Thanks, everybody. Bye. It's time for Nicole Sandler. What's news from NicoleSandler.com and the Progressive Voices Network. President Biden's legal team has found more classified papers in a location separate from the private Washington office where his personal lawyers found the first set of 10 documents that had classified markings on them. Biden's aides have reportedly been searching for more classified material ever since that first batch was discovered back in November at an office that Biden used after his vice presidency ended. Further details about the second discovery aren't immediately available. That includes the number and location of the papers and just how sensitive these documents were. Attorney General Merrick Garland has asked a U.S. attorney appointed by the former guy to review the discoveries. Meanwhile, Republican, what do you call him, strategist Karl Rove went on Fox to explain that these are two very different cases. There are differences. For example, how many documents? In Biden's case, there appear to be about 10. In the case of President Trump, hundreds. How did they get there? We don't yet know how the documents got to the Biden office connected with his activities on behalf of the University of Pennsylvania. We know that President Trump ordered the removal of the documents to Mar-a-Lago. How responsive were they when the, when, when the Biden people found out about it? They called immediately called the appropriate authorities and turned them over. We spent a year and a half watching the drama unfold in Mar-a-Lago, and it had to end in a a police search to recover the documents. But still, despite the differences, this is going to create lots of headaches for the Department of Justice in deciding how to handle President Trump's issues, because now they have an issue that, at least in the minds of a lot of ordinary Americans, are going to be conflated as being roughly the same. Again, that's Karl Rove just saying. So the new inflation report is out. And again, it's good news. The consumer price index rose 6.5% annually through last month, but that's down from 7.1% in the November reading. Prices declined slightly on a monthly basis, and the annual inflation rate was the slowest since October of 2021. That's good news. The Fed is still talking about hiking interest rates again. Makes me wonder whose side Jerome Powell is on. So COVID is still deadly. The Biden administration on Wednesday again renewed the COVID-19 public health emergency. That's a provision that gives the administration the authority to respond to the pandemic as cases are again on the rise. The public health emergency gives the federal government wide-ranging authority over a few COVID-related areas, including data tracking and allowing pharmacists rather than physicians to administer the vaccine. This renewal comes amid the emergence of the Omicron XBB15 variant and with it a spike in new cases. The latest numbers show that the seven-day average of weekly new COVID cases is up 16.2% compared with the previous week, according to the CDC. Please get vaccinated and when you're out, wear a mask. Well, Nassau County, New York, Republican officials on Wednesday called for the newly sworn in Congressman George Santos to resign, citing the false claims about his qualifications and his personal history made during his campaign. He disgraced the House of Representatives, and in particular, his fabrications went too far. Many groups were hurt. Specifically, I look at those families that were touched by the horrors of the Holocaust and feel for them. 
He has no place in the Nassau County Republican Committee, nor should he serve in public service, nor as an elected official. He's not welcome here at Republican headquarters for meetings or at any of our events. As I said, he's disgraced the House of Representatives, and we do not consider him one of our Congress people. Today, on behalf of the Nassau County Republican Committee, I am calling for his immediate resignation. That's Nassau County Republican Party Chairman Joseph Cairo at a press conference held on Wednesday. Santos said he would not step down, sticking to the defiance he showed after others urged him to quit. Speaker Kevin McCarthy said Santos shouldn't sit on any key committees. Key being the key word there, making it obvious that McCarthy's not going to do anything about this liar and cheat who scammed his way into Congress. Lovely. California, we're thinking of you. The seventh atmospheric river storm to hit California since Christmas drenched the northern part of the state with more torrential rains on Wednesday, adding to the damage already caused by flooding, mudslides, downed trees and power lines. The storm-related death toll rose to 19 after Sonoma County Sheriff's officials announced a person had been found dead in a submerged car. And then there's another storm coming this weekend, expected to hit the state with another atmospheric river. Wow. Well, assault rifles are now illegal in Illinois. Governor J.B. Pritzker on Wednesday signing a new state law prohibiting the sale, manufacturing, or delivery of assault weapons. That makes Illinois the ninth state to ban those military-style weapons. Good. Sad news, as we learned Wednesday afternoon, that guitar legend Jeff Beck, a two-time inductee of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, died at age 78, apparently after suddenly contracting bacterial meningitis. Jeff Beck rose to fame as a member of the Yardbirds before leaving to launch a solo career. In a recent Rolling Stone magazine list of the 100 greatest guitarists of all time, Jeff Beck came in at number five behind Keith Richards, Jimmy Page, Eric Clapton, and Jimi Hendrix. Jeff Beck, dead at 78. And that's just a bit of what's news for now. I'm Nicole Sandler. If you appreciate these reports and the Nicole Sandler Show, I hope you'll consider making a contribution. My work is listener-supported, and I can't do it without your help. Find out more at NicoleSandler.com, and please click on that donate button.